Welcome, Digital Difference Makers. Today with me, I have Georgina Bowden, a marketing and sales mentor. Welcome, Georgina. Hello, good to be here. Thanks for coming on. Now, for the people that don't know you just yet, do you want to do a quick intro into who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. So I help women build their businesses. I find that women tend to um, have not not so much confidence in themselves and they, they don't market themselves that great a lot of the time. And um, so my my role with them is to help them create a, a really, really good offer that kind of gives them goosebumps when they when they read it back to themselves and learn how to market and sell themselves in a way that feels good. Yeah, because I suppose when you're getting started, there's that whole thing of like, you know, when we grow up, sales doesn't feel great. It's like it has a negative stigma, right? So then like getting into business, it's like you need to get comfortable with it, but it's it's a difficult thing to do on your own, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think even, you know, we'll get into this as I'm sure the conversation will progress, but even before the selling bit comes in, um, and I know because I was guilty of this myself, is you kind of, you put a website up and you're like, if they if I build it, they will come. Hmm. And you put a website up and then you're just kind of waiting. But that's not how business works, especially not in the beginning when you're building a, you know, a coaching business or a consulting business who are typically our clients, right? You've got to be out there building relationships and having conversations and things like that. Oh, particularly for like those types of businesses. Like, I think people um, get advice from other people that they know that might have businesses that um, maybe they're like a, a plumber or an electrician or it's a restaurant, like something where those businesses are already well understood of like, you know, you know what you're getting. Like if your light switch isn't, working lights go out you know you call the electrician like if you're hungry you go to a restaurant it's like coaches and stuff like that people don't know they need that right so there, there has to be some marketing there yeah absolutely and i think the other thing is is that um you know when when something's broken it's a non-negotiable it has to be fixed and when you go to a restaurant it's for a special occasion getting coaching doesn't fall into either of those two brackets most of the time coaching is a is a great thing to have and it's so powerful and you know I'm a coach and I've been coached and you're a coach and you've been coached so we understand but for most people coaching isn't in their kind of budget the household budget line right so we've got a lot of work to do to to bring those people around us and help them understand the power of what it is that that we and our clients do yeah particularly for people that haven't got coaching before for sure like it's that that first coach they're ever going to invest in is probably going to be the uh the start to a journey of continually investing in yourself because i suppose with a lot of things we think i can just do it on my own i should be able to do it on my own it's like should, a story yes. yeah yeah that people need to get rid of and yeah so i suppose for a lot of your clients you work with it's helping them explain that to people right in their marketing yeah absolutely and you know and they're they're probably strongly in their own stories about how they should be able to do it on their own because a lot of my clients are um in those early stages of business where they they kind of want to do it by themselves and they think they ought to be doing it by themselves because everybody and you know we can talk about like i feel very strongly about this is how how other many other coaches make it look so easy and so effortless mm. and I have a big bone to pick with that um, because like we know businesses it's made up of a few simple steps but it's not necessarily easy to do it 
No, not at all. And like it's um, you know, we. Uh, I remember when I was first getting into consulting, and I was looking at a lot of like competitors with quote marks, like and seeing how they were marketing, and it was very much what you're saying there, like this is easy. Like, you know, making hundred thousand dollar months is like so simple with my, you know, you know, four step method or, you know, ACA yes. method, you know, whatever they put together. Yeah. Um, and like now I've even, it's funny because all those people that I see doing that are now have shut down their coaching businesses or in software or something else. Like they're, they're just jumping for the next thing. Cause I think, you know, I, it's also bad messaging. In, like for me, like I think that it, it really does attract people that only only want it easy, you know, and, and mm-hmm. don't realize that it, it is hard work because they've come in on the promise that it's like easier to just have like a multi six-figure, seven-figure business. So, um, yeah, it, it is interesting to see the trend of the amount of people that do that, but how long do they stick around for? Like if you wait, a lot of them move away from it yeah have you seen the same thing yeah absolutely absolutely and i and i also think that um particularly for for my demographic they're actually really turned off i i asked them in a um in a poll in my facebook group recently they're actually incredibly turned off by the six figure seven figure promise which Mm. is you know great for me because i don't promise that (laughs) because i know how hard it is to get there um but i think that that we all um and I know I know you do this and and other people in our kind of peer group do this as um leaders in inverted commas with audiences and communities and things like that on social net on social media I think we actually have a really strong role to play in helping people understand it's not all about making six figures with just this one email I think yeah. we have a real it's it's our responsibility to let people know the the true ins and outs of running a business and how when it's easy it can be great and how literally almost the next day you can be down in the dumps thinking why isn't this working I mean it's a it is an emotional roller coaster isn't it Oh a crazy roller coaster like particularly when it is like you said really driven by like tactic to tactic just stacking on revenue when there's so many other things behind the scenes that are going, like if you're only ever worrying about the front end, it's like, well, you know, are you charging enough? Are people sticking around? How much time are you spending in delivery? Like those things are so important to ask yourself. Cause it's like, you could bring on 20 clients next week, but if you're only charging what would equate to like working $10 an hour, that's horrible. You know, like it's it's yeah. not good to be bringing on more people for that. Or like uh, if you have to keep, if you're losing people on the back end and constantly chasing every single month, like it's just, it, like you said, it's a roller coaster to have to be doing. Yeah, it. there's it's a, it's a juggle. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, Like you say, for like client facing, public facing, but also your own kind of internal and external mm. um pulls on your life you know the stories that you tell yourself the patterns that you have that your own self-sabotaging things burnout overwhelm you know let alone something you know something in your actual life throws you out and then that impacts everything as well it's um yeah it's not for the faint-hearted I often when I, when my clients are having a hard time I often tell them 
Um, you know, you've you've chosen to set up a business. You haven't chosen the easy option here. The easy option is staying in a job. And if running a business was was so easy, every bugger would be doing it, but they're not. Yeah. So, 100%. you know, take comfort. Yeah, take comfort in the fact that it was never meant to be easy and you're, you know, you're not alone in your, in your struggle. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's a good point. There's almost, there's an element of people wanting to, almost needing to be around some other people just to be like, hey, yeah, this is a bit shit sometimes. And like, hey, this, <laughs> yes. there's like, hey, I, I invested in that person too and I got scammed. Like we've, we've all done that before. Like it sucks, but you're not an idiot. You know, like we've yes. all just not, like we've, we've all made those mistakes. There's some comfort in knowing that like, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, we take all these kind of um, setbacks, we take it so personally, we make it be mm. about ourselves all of the time. When the reality is, it's likely it's not about you all the time. <laughs> and everyone's, you know, everyone's looking, you know, I've, I have made a, I've made a social media post or a workshop that no one signed up to. It's all about, you know, it's all about me. And I think, you know what, everybody is busy. They've all got their eyes on their own things that actually the good and the bad of it is that actually couldn't care about you because they've all got their own demons that they're playing with at the moment as well. It's uh yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tangled web, but you know, I think we've spent a long time talking about how bad business <laughs> is, but we should probably remind people actually it is fun. <laughs> well, yeah. What's let, let's talk about that. I suppose what, when, what was the moment for you that sort of, I mean, obviously getting started can be, difficult and getting into the flow of things but how did you start you know what was a turning point for you in terms of turning some of those mistakes into like oh actually this is this is fun is there a defining moment yeah I think there's there's a couple of defining moments actually um and everyone will groan but honestly niching down and getting your messaging right I know it's so hackneyed isn't it but it makes all the difference um so that was the first thing and then the second thing was finding a strategy that worked consistently for me and I love teaching and I love showing up live in front of people and so the strategy that works really well for me is to run regular workshops and challenges and sell off the back of those so there's loads of different and I think this is another thing that people find overwhelming right everyone's going oh email marketing is the only strategy that works podcasting is the only strategy that mm. works Facebook groups is the only strategy that works and of course because they're selling their own like podcasting course or whatever yeah. um but actually all the strategies work. You just have to find the one that works for you. And so for me, finding that workshops and, um, and the challenges strategy, um, selling off the back of that and, and using that to kind of leapfrog into conversations with people was the thing that's really, really turned my business around and started bringing in those regular clients and regular income, which is like the holy grail, isn't it? Like regular consistent yeah. income is the holy grail. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm a big I'm a big believer in like, yeah, there's not like one system. Like it's, I, I do find it. Um, it's kind of, it's definitely a red flag for me. If someone's trying to like push one way of doing things. Cause I do think that it's, it, it varies, right? Like you know, cold, cold email outbound can work really well for an agency that's selling a performance thing like it's just a, it's a super good offer 
that most people want to hear about. If you try to do that for like a life coaching thing and you just send out 10,000 things for life coaching when someone's never heard of you, of course that strategy is going to be harder to make work. And that and that's not even bringing into account what you were sort of alluding to around like strengths and weaknesses of people as well, which is super important to have in place mm. well. So it's, there's so many things that go into it. It's like figuring out, you know, you know what works for my my particular business, my ideal clients, me personally, like so many factors that go into it that just require, you know, testing as well as having someone else that might've just tested a lot more than you to be able to say, Hey, this is what I think will work best for you. You know, I think out of all of these other things, this is what would work best rather than trying to put a a circle in a square block kind of thing. So true. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that kind of testing bit because I think I'm a, um, I think we all have to be kind of like mad scientists in our business and and be ready to experiment and see see how it feels, see if it works, and go back again and again and again. There's there's this famous um, quote or famous kind of anecdote about Thomas Edison how it took him three thousand goes to to build a light bulb, but imagine if he'd given up on on go number two thousand nine hundred ninety nine. It's just you know, that's and that's how we have to be kind of single-minded determination to make this work. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think there's, I think that's one thing that a lot of people want a set and forget system. Like they want to, they want to create one offer that they never have to change or optimize. Like the messaging would always stay the same. The marketing, like, it's just not the case. Like you just, I know it's impossible like that that would be great though wouldn't it (laughs) it would be it'd be fantastic but it just doesn't exist because even um you know there's like our market particularly like coaches and consultants and even ourselves the way that they buy and we buy now is so different now to what it was a couple of years ago and then 10 years before that it's it's just evol- constantly evolving. I think, yeah. look, you know, we were talking about the whole revenue marketing style just before. That worked, you know, four years ago, like yes. it, probably even two years ago. But now, like you said, I think a lot of people are really sick of it. Yeah, absolutely. And also look at the, you know, um, how much video, video has really exploded. I mean, we've we've known that video has been great for the algorithm for for eons now but now it's video is really exploded now and but people yeah. have a lot of fear about doing it yeah i think i think there's a big um you know with this with all the discussions going on around ai and what will be around and what will be automated and everything like that uh, i still always come back to like i just don't think anything will overtake like the human element as much as you can create like i could get a thing that has my face that speaks like me um can even like articulate itself clearly it won't be able to be better than me um as long as i'm working on those parts kind of thing like if i'm working on how i do storytelling and how i present i can't take over that you know so i do i like I, I, I sort of do see like video as one of those things like big it's almost crucial now to be like a 
she'd be like hey this is actually me like you know like I'm oh, moving. I actually, <laughs> yeah I actually feel like this is Joe well this is Georgina that I'm actually listening to and speaking to you know not just you know whether or not it's AI copy you know from a written post or whatever yeah quite agree I think and that that real and relevant and authentic connection with the person is going to become so in a world where people aren't really going to know if something's written by AI the storytelling and your your own kind of chemistry and the way that you come across and your own energy is going to be more important than it's ever been let alone the fact that the algorithm loves video (laughs) yeah yeah I mean as fast as we think the world is moving it always has like this I feel like there's always a uh opposite side of it where people reject the adoption of it like uh, as much as like ai is coming in and it really interests people the people that are like trying to bring it into their business right away and start using it for their marketing you can already kind of see it's like uh that doesn't feel like them and immediately as soon as you know it's not them it turns you off it like it oh, doesn't it's massively incongruent isn't it yeah yeah it is it just feels off and I, it, I feel like it just has this negative effect that even if the content was good as soon as you can tell that it's not quite right it yeah put, it repels you and pushes you away that's how I feel anyway yeah definitely I think yeah we have to be really careful not to be over reliant on it it's it's a great way to kind of get off the blank piece of paper um but yeah not to uh, it needs to be heavily edited and refined before it's ready for posting anywhere and the other thing is is that you know you talked about how people um some people will embrace it wholeheartedly and some people it's it's not going to be right for them and i think there's this um i don't know aspect of our humanity i guess where that the storytelling part We've been storytelling since we sat, we all sat around a, a campfire in a cave. And that I think is, is one of the, the threads of humanity that I hope we never, never, never lose. Because at the moment, AI can't do that as well as we can do it with all of our kind of nuances and subtleties and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I'm really hopeful that we use, we use AI for good, but remember AI isn't everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I'm sure it can tell, like, make up a nice story, but it's not, like, your story. You know, the nah, thing that people exactly. really relate to, right? Like, um, I think, I remember Alex Mosey did a post around what he thinks, uh, not a post, was in one of his podcasts around what gets people tripped up and people that try to talk heaps of theory and educate people which yeah anyone can argue yeah even if it's really sound theory people can argue it but if you say like oh no like this is a lived experience this is what happened for me people might not be happy about it but they can't say it didn't happen right so it's like i nothing can get rid of that part of storytelling that's like your story what happened to you to be able to make a point and make that clear otherwise we're just going to have all these random ai stories and analogies out there that people go like yeah i suppose like that makes sense but not something that kind of 
you know, it inspires and empowers someone to be like, oh, they actually did that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, yeah, that illustration of real life, um, of real life is the thing that really kind of can shift the mindsets of, of people that we're in our audience. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious for yourself and like what the kind of marketing and stuff that you've worked with with clients, how are you guys looking at AI now and, and how have you been, you know, is that shifted a lot of the marketing that you've been working with them on or just amplified what you already helped them with? I think what it has done is um, that a lot of them are using it for some of their um, kind of what I'd call like their authority posts. So the posts that um, help them kind of stand out as an expert come with a heavy, heavy caveat of editing and proofreading and making sure it's accurate. You know, as we said, AI is, AI is not a substitute for, for not knowing your own shit basically you still have to do the work you still like i mean i could write an article um using ai about video editing but we all know what a cesspool the internet is and it's only pulling stuff from the internet so it might pull up some stuff and i don't know anything about video editing so it would be it would be remiss of me to use that because i don't know if it's right or wrong so i think yeah it comes with a, a super heavy caveat for for me that i give to my clients is use it to get you off the starting blocks, um, use it to create frameworks and things for yourself. But with that, yeah, with that caveat that you've got to make it you and including anecdotes from your life or metaphors or stories is the thing that really brings it to life. So yeah, we're using it, but we're, uh, we're not living and dying by it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I suppose with a lot of the, um, maybe the other styles of, um posts and everything that you help your clients with um how much of that is brings in their human element that yeah again ai can't really compete with yeah well i think um we we write a like a storytelling post a week basically so in the framework that i use excuse me in the framework that i use we write a, a storytelling post per week Um, We write an authority kind of post per week that can be repurposed into a live or a podcast or a blog post or whatever. Um, And we have a couple of versions of engagement posts as well. So there's there's at least one personal post a week that we that I make them do. I make them do it (laughs) because otherwise I find they either get too stuck on only sharing personal stuff or only sharing business stuff. And that it's that beautiful mix that makes the difference. Yeah, I think so too. I think, um, you know, we've, I've definitely gone through moments where I found I was leaning way too much on the business side and needed to bring some personality and character into, you know, the content because it was, yeah, otherwise people are just kind of may as well read a Wikipedia page <laughs> around these yeah, different right. topics or listen to these, you know, podcasts, you know, yeah. where it's just someone speaking at them. I suppose yeah. for yourself, Georgina, what's the what's the mission behind your business? What's the impact that you want to have in 10, 15 years time from what you're doing now? Gosh, I just, I mean, really the mission for me, the big mission for me and the big vision for me is to have, uh, is to create a space where women can feel okay to kind of 
face the face the deepest darkest parts of their psyche that is not letting them do the things that they want to do and to feel safe in that space expressing that and be safe and brave to be able to try new things so for my clients that's kind of my vision for them um, and I know that the, we got started talking about this, doing this podcast originally because I support through microloans, I support a number of women-owned businesses in developing countries. Um, and so I use a, a bit of my profits from my mentorship to I use, go through Kiva. Um, and every month we support a woman in a business in a developing country because I'm a, I'm a massive believer in the ripple effect. And I know that when we support these businesses it's great for them it's great for their children it's great for the local community and you know that I think that ripple effect it can't be underestimated and whilst it's really only a dip you know I'm really only dipping my toe in at the moment and I'm not going to change the world but if we don't all do a bit then who's going to do it that's my that's my view on this kind of thing well I mean it, you know every single person looked after themselves and helped one other person. That's the difference in the world, right? Like that, oh my, and that's, yeah. that's a huge difference. So, I mean, even just being able to, you know, even just doing that and helping, like you said, you help another business um, and that business is solving problems for other people um, that makes a big, big ripple effect. I think the, um, I think the effect of small businesses is often underrated like small businesses really drive and pick up communities, like improving mm-hmm. like, you know, micro economies around areas. So I think there, there's a lot to be said around how much, you know, that helps, you know, even one person being able to get up, get a leg up, can help another business, can help another one. And then, yeah, you've got this thriving community of people all being able to just share um share money in one area you know and really yeah. help that grow that's it's super super important i think people underrate that um the impact of that yeah we secretly run money. the world <laughs> yeah exactly if only if only i feel like <laughs> things would be much better if small businesses ran the world actually but that's probably a whole other podcast probably 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 <laughs> a um a big thing around capitalism, socialism, and you know how we look at all, all of that would be an interesting oh, yeah. one. That's a um, hole. <laughs> after this, Georgina, if someone wants to get in contact with you, where is the best place to do that? The best place to do that is either by just sending me a friend request on my Facebook account. Um, you can join my Facebook group, which is called Entrepreneurial Hearts. Um, and also, if it's useful for your listeners, I have a launch planner, which is um, it's on Trello, but it's also you can get it in an Excel version as well, which just takes you through all the steps of. And as I said, my like my preferred strategy is to run workshops and challenges. So if any of your listeners would like to learn how to do that, launch their offer through workshops and challenges this launch planner is really helpful for that takes you through all the different stages of of like checklists and knowing what you've got to have in place and all that kind of stuff so yeah that'll be in the show notes i'm assuming yeah i'll check that in the show notes for everyone but otherwise thank you very much for coming on georgina and sharing your wisdoms and a bit about your story too thank you very much for having me